Ocean FM Donegal Plumbing and Heating Old Lahey Road Donegal Town Suppliers of underfloor heating packages Aluminium radiators Samson and Daikin Air to water heat pumps And all your renewable needs And sponsors of the Donegal GAA Podcast It's just fabulous to see him alive and up and picking her up The thing about the club is you don't choose your club <laughs> um, it's, it's like family. You want to get back out on the field. It's just uh, it's, it's in your blood, I suppose. And just want to get out there now and get the games going again. Brian Murray, let me shake hands with you. You come in here hobbling. How are you feeling now? Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'll tell you nothing about a couple of pints, won't you? I'll tell you, you know. He gets the foot behind it. He launches it in. It's over the bar. The wee man from Chester. Yes, welcome to this show, one and all. Paddy and Connor here. Connor Breslin, how are you? Paddy, how you keeping? It's good to have you back on the preview shows. It's been a while. We've been apart for too long. I'm all right. I'm a little bit contrary. That kind of comes as the years roll on, I suppose. So this might be a bit of a contrary podcast, but relatively speaking, I'm not too bad. The legend, Alan Foley, has also joined us of the... Donegal Live, Donegal Democrat. How are you, Mr. Foley? All good, yeah. Um, I feel I'm getting double teamed here by two hosts, so uh, I could be in trouble here. Yeah, I hate the parent-teacher meetings when both parents come in because you're focused on one and then the other comes in from the other side. It's like Hitler trying to fight a war on two fronts. It's just very, very difficult, so it is. So we'll go easy on you, Alan. Is that fair enough? That's fine, yeah, thank you. Okay, so Donegal, welcome Galway to O'Donnell Park on Sunday, that one at 12.30, and we will be exploring that one later on. But first, I feel, Connor feels, we all do, it would be remiss not to start with the Academy. I'm going to display some restraint here by calling it a mess, which would be really in its most simplistic form. It would be understatement of the decade i think for me this is way more profound than two points on sunday or losing two points last sunday i'd argue it's more serious than relegation itself and i was going to start off connor by saying we'll rip the plaster off but it's a six foot cast i think that needs removed with some form of a grinder now the podcast may have gained a couple of new followers maybe from outside the county in the past couple of weeks but just for a little bit of context and a little bit of fact i suppose on the 3rd of february carly as he stepped away from the academy okay he was i suppose the director of the academy and he i quote he said we feel sad we haven't been supported in continuing to impact our young players then the 9th of february it was around six days later following this. The body's coaches also made a statement and they all left. And their statement read, quote, as a group, we have lost confidence in the governance of Donegal GAA. Connor, you're working and living in Dublin. And like myself, we are making the airwaves and we're Donegal. There's noise coming out and you know, from outside the county, and you obviously know it's a big one. What do you make of it all so far? 
Yeah, well, Paddy, I heard you about two weeks ago on the Final Whistle podcast and everything you said. I, I think the majority of people who have Donegal GA in their best interest would agree with you. Um, you know, I, I do think it's really much a joke. I think everyone that follows it would agree. We, we may not be on the Christmas cards of a lot of people on the Donegal County Board, but you have to call it what it is. I think what you, you go down the realms of is that Alan reported on it back in December on the fantastic work that was being done in the academy. Work that's done at academy GA level is not new, but I think the way Carl Lacey has undertook it, it wasn't like a regime. They were trying to get the best out of players, even players that might not be such to a standard of county level. It was getting the best out of them. We don't know fully why why Carl has walked away. And I would be of the argument that, look, people can walk away all the time. People can leave roles. You move on. It, it happens. And, and academies and teams and uh, coaches survive. But when you take almost 40 coaches with you who have walked away, there's clearly something not right. And what I mean by take them with you, people have also obviously agreed with Carl. They've said they've lost confidence in the Donegal County Board and there's something not right. But the real problem there is, is that we haven't heard a statement yet. And you go down the realms of, if you, if you want to compare it almost to a business, if 40 odd of your workers walk away and there's nothing said from the owner of that business, you would really start thinking that it's a joke. And we get down the stories over the past two weeks that it's, you know, there could be money aspects. I know I was on with Dick Clerkin last week and he says he was almost 100% sure that if it's down this realm, it has to be under the umbrella of money. But we won't know that until we get a statement. But I think the fact that the county board haven't come out and given a statement on why this is happening, or even, you know, thanked Carl for his time involved and the rest of the coaches, it really is coming in to the state that they're bottling it, really. And that there isn't just the Donegal GA. You know, I'm sure there's great workers in there, and there's great workers across all county boards in, in Ireland. But there is a culture that we are seeing that, a bit like in the All-Ireland Club final, which I compared to last week, we know what's wrong, but we'll dust it under the carpet and we'll, we'll move on and it'll be all right in a few weeks. And that's not how you should handle it. There, there's over 300, I think I'm right in saying, young players that may not have any football. And it's okay if that happens for a week or two, but when it develops into a month, it's a serious problem. And the last thing I'll say about it is, I was at the Donegal minor match in Abbottstown last week against Kildare in a friendly and I think they're up to a panel of 40. They have to cut it down to 32. And what a few parents were saying to me, what I was talking to them, were that there was a few players underage that probably won't make the minor team. But in past, that was okay because they could drop down to what is the Buncranach Cup team, the under-16 team. They can't do that. So if they're dropped from their county minor team now, they, they have no football. So all of it is really, really rotten at the moment. It obviously can't help the county senior team as well. But... Hopefully we get a statement. I said that last week, a week's gone and we haven't heard anything. And I'm sure Alan and, and yourself, Paddy, would probably concur with me on it. Well, it's three weeks since Lacey departed. It's two weeks since, you know, a huge volume of coaches departed. We haven't got an exact figure and haven't exact figures on anything because we haven't got a statement. And you hit the nail in the head there at the outset. I can't, you, I can't think of a company an organization or anybody for that matter where there's not huge change within it that they wouldn't release a statement of some sort because there's no point in text messages flying around 
about X, Y, or Z on either side. It's And people have said, well, why didn't Carlo, the coaches, put more? And I actually don't know Carlo. Carlo actually believe I know he's your club man. Of the 2012 team, I'd say he's the only one of them I've never actually had on a podcast. We, I, I actually just, you come across them all. You, you know yourself, I'm working in the media. You do. I, I actually don't know Carl uh, at, at all. Maybe hello, but if you're leaving something, I don't think you need to give 40 reasons. I think if you're leaving a school, if you're leaving any form of business, you're leaving, if you say you haven't, confidence or whatever it is. But it's this vacuum of communication and it leads to rumors it leads to lies it creates actually a space where people almost are shut down because you're almost afraid to say something in case it's factually incorrect and that's why we need it and it's not good enough as far as the Gilmanis Boyle said last week at the end of the day he said it on the podcast and on commentary he said like it's up to the people to lead to lead nothing else really matters and that's up to the board and look there's various types of leadership but one common denominator is and the key principles really is responsibility and ownership and just we need to find information we don't want mistrust and uh, because of a vacuum of information i think we all i feel a bit sorry for patty Carr and the management team because i think we're all going to give them a little bit of leeway on the pitch and i mean who the hell are me and you connor to criticize players in the first place no but I, you know i never people say to me why didn't you give out a bit of hang on a second these lads live like monks all year and they're county players or they're top club players they do 10 times more than i'll ever do so i think with a new manager in and all that i think people will give them time but it's just i think a huge there's huge frustration i think like and it just we it needs to be fixed i would say very 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 shortly i don't know where you stand on it all alan yeah, I agree with what both these are saying. Uh, we had a piece in the Donegal Democrat today where Frank Craig spoke to Damien Dever and he said basically it needs to be fixed soon, very soon. Um, it's not irretrievable, but as you said, this has kind of developed into a mess. You know, it's maybe par for the course. Donegal GA, we had a 2020 you know, senior championship final that rumbled on with appeals and counter-appeals. We had the managerial process. Um, like... We don't know what's going on, apart from the tidbits we get here and there. There's nothing on the record. Like, I just find it amusing where, as you said, you know, Karen has gone the guts of three weeks ago. No statement. You know, I do believe they are going to comment in the next week or two, but at the minute, there's still nothing. And yet, on Sunday morning at 25 past 11, we get a tweet saying that Patrick McBurdy is undergoing a fitness test ahead of a quarter to two throw in against Monaghan when the guy was clearly injured. Like, we're trying to play silly buggers here with Benny Corey. He threw Jack McCarron on the team. Conor McManus came back. Sean Jones came off the bench and they scored 111. So, like, who was laughing then? Um, as I said, it's the communication here that is proving problematic. Um, as you said, like and Connor said there, I, I met with Carolyn on that story about the academy, as I was encouraged to do by county board officials. I didn't do it because they asked, but when we were ringing, annoying them last year about Declan Boner and what's the future or who's taking over, we were told to go do a good news story for change. You do the good news story, the work is absolutely amazing. Couldn't believe it, how good it was, basically. And just thought, you know what, at least we have this in our locker. And the fact now it is where it's at, it's basically depressing. There's no doubt about that. Like, I don't know, like, I just think the line of communication is absolutely key. Because, again, there's that, we're devoid of actual facts. And, you know, I would prefer if people, and if people are critical, and, like, somebody said to me there, not so long ago, like a friend, well, you're very pro academy and that. I'm actually, no, I'm, I'm pro the future of Donegal football, to be honest. I'm a Donegal supporter and there's no propaganda here. It's just my own opinion. I don't really have a problem with anybody that's anti academy once they're putting up 
you know, and obviously people would say to you getting the Lord. I, I'd never just actually to give you a bit of context, lads, doing the podcast, was it five, six years? I'm not sure, five maybe. I've never, ever got more messages from concerned supporters. And, and I actually mean that. For me and people who say, oh, you've been sensationalist now for the sake of it. I honestly think that this is the biggest story in Onecology in my lifetime. And okay, you say, well, I, I'm not including 92 because I was too young for it, but 2012, but it's, apart from maybe winning the All-Ireland, this for me is the biggest story because this is not two points you're losing. This is not... This is not a last-minute goal that you've given away or a bad kick-out or a missed penalty to lose a big game. This is ripping up your entire... Uh, this is for posterity. It's a nice history word for you there, Connor, that we use when we're uh, talking about World War or something like that. But we're talking about the future generations here of Donegal. And even if you're anti-academy and you don't think there should be an academy, right? that's fine. Say you say not to cost too much, we shouldn't have an academy. Let's pretend you were that person. You were Joe Bloggs in the corner. That doesn't really matter. Because, and that's fine, you're absolutely entitled to that opinion, right? If you make good arguments for that. But here's the problem with that. The problem with that is you have a chasm between people, coaches, officials, admins, and that is not good for the future. It takes a lot of counties, it takes counties a long, long time to recover from that, Alan. Absolutely, yeah. Like, it was only in October that... You know, convoy the Donegal GA Centre was opened that day. Kermit Lawton, the Ulster Council president, was there. Uh, he finished off by saying, "When the GA gets together and tries to do things, it does them brilliantly well." Now, this is basically the opposite of that. Like, I understand Paddy O'Toole saying people are pro and anti and saying it costs too much money. Like these figures were agreed two years ago. These figures, like this expenditure, did not just happen. You know, it didn't come to light in December. The figures were agreed and it was still under budget is my understanding of the situation. And I just think, you know, we lost a really good man, a possible Donegal senior manager in the mid-90s. And like this time, 10 years ago, Donegal were reigning on Ireland champions. Like we were all there. We had great days. Like they brought happiness to the county. Paul Durkin was now involved with Sligo. Listen, these are different case by case. I'm not blaming anybody here, but it's just to show where they're at. Paddy McGrath, to best of my knowledge, was not attached to anything regarding this. Neil McGee, after he retired, was encouraged by the county chairman to get on board with the academy. Eamon is currently with the under-20s, but as Connor said the, earlier there, the, the under-17s and under-20s are just, you know, plowing on to respect the competitions they're involved in. Uh, Anthony Thompson is involved at home in Neil Connell. Carl Lacey is now gone, and Frank McLinn is one of his coaches gone. Rory Cavan in the autumn was favoured to become the manager. He's now staying with St. Junins. Neil Gallagher is unattached. Ryan Bradley out of the country. Leo McFlynn and Colin McFadden are both under 20s, although Colin is involved with Sligo. You have Patrick McBurdy, who is the one guy still playing, who is now injured, the current county captain. And um, if you look through the list then as well, Michael Murphy obviously retired. Then Jimmy Guinness is involved with Down, we hear. Rory Gallagher is the manager of Derry, the Ulster champions. Michael Boyle is coach in London. And the other four lads who played on the All Ireland final in 2012, David Walsh, Martin McElhenney, Christy Toy, and Dermot Malloy, are not involved either. And like, is this all coincidence? I don't know. Like, we had some, we have some great men here, lads that took us, you know, to the to the top of the sport. And just like, why is this happening? That's what I want to know. And where's the way back, Alan? 
where, where, where's the way back? Because people have spoken about Carl. Obviously, Carl's at the forefront of this because he's head of the academy. Okay, the, the the light is going to shine on him. Where is there a way back in, in relationship building? Because if you're telling the county board and your coaches are saying to a county board that we've lost confidence in you, I mean, we're, we were talking about perhaps a, a future Donegal manager here. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like there was even rumours, you know, with some of the tickets that were bandied around in terms of management, you know, last September, October, that Karen would be part of that. Um, I don't know, I just find it amusing that we've lost all these good people um, I said to you before in the show, Paddy, you know, we just, you can't just turn up and think you're going to win anymore or, you know, that things aren't down to chance. You can see already that the likes of Tyrone and Derry are streaming away at schools level here in Ulster. Uh, we've done very well to kind of even keep a, a grip of it. Like, like we're not basically football aficionados. Like, we are not top table. You know, 1972 is our first Ulster. By then, Cavan had won 38. So for us to get to 10 Ulster finals in 12 years, like really is a golden generation. Maybe we're a little bit spoiled and we might take a little bit of time, you know, to realise that and realise what a golden period it was because at the minute we look quite a way off an Ulster final. But it, do, it yeah. is of its time. I mean, like I know people will have an argument against the academy and I do know their reasons behind it. I wouldn't be one to agree with it. Now, I, I think you do have to move with your time if it, co if it comes to spending money that you didn't spend 10 years ago, then so be it. I mean, I was just looking at the facts there from December. You look at the All-Ireland Champions in Kerry uh, last season's budget was 700,000 and for 2022 they spent 1,440,000 and when they were commented on it their secretary Tom Keane said well there's no limit to the amount you have to spend when it comes to on-field success so I think Donegal just have to get to that level now obviously Donegal may not be as financially well off in K because they did make a loss but I, I was also, when I was doing my research on it, I was looking at the academy levels and, and the success that it had to bring, Alan. And I went focused on Galway. Paddy, you might know an awful lot about Galway living down there. But they brought the academy in about 15, 20 years ago into Galway Hurling because they felt that, right, the skill was all always there, but it was right about getting the right conditioning, the right awareness on the field. And they bore the brunt of it in that they got all the success. I think they won four All-Ireland Minor Championships in a row in Hurland in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020 and lost the 2021 All-Ireland Minor Final. So clearly these academies are working. Why people don't want to get behind it is 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 bizarre to me. Well, the thing about that, Connor, is like Galway at the time got their best men <clears throat> involved, excuse me, and they built from there. You know, they felt they were at a stage where the only way was up. The danger with us is we're fallen and we have now lost, you know, over 40 of our best people in those positions. You know, if they're not going to go back, you know, where do we go from here? Do we just try and reel in another 40, 40 people? Like the, the team that Carl had and Carl himself were top class. And this county, you know, in the northwest of Ireland, we have three League of Ireland clubs, you know, in an area that's not very well populated between Derry, Sligo and Finn Harps. There might be guys at 14 years of age now thinking, you know, will I sit around and wait? What's going to happen with this academy? Or if Derry City come knocking, they're going to say, OK, lads, good luck. It's the same with the coaches, you know, like the, he has the creme de la creme of coaches. So if there's a guy coaching in the academy now who's sitting at a loose end, what if his club says to him, come on, let's take over the 14s here. You know, you've done great work, whatever. 
that could be him gone forever. The word on the street is that there's already lads that have moved already. I cannot get my head around people. Like, oh, okay, there's the cost thing, right? I can't get over people saying we don't need an academy. I, I actually categorically think when I look around, we're in a province of Ulster where six of the counties have a school system that's absolutely conducive to, we don't have that. Donegal is huge, first of all. It's geographically disadvantaged. That's not just from an external point of view, but in Donegal, you have all these regions. You have south, you know, the deep south, you have southwest, east, Inishone, northwest, and so on. For those anti-academy, we've been to one minor All-Ireland final in our history. Now, people turn around and go, football's bad since 2012. We've actually been as successful even in the club scene since 2012. Maybe the style of football is different, not the standard. Been to one minor All-Ireland final. I think 18 counties have actually won it. We have not got a school structure that's conducive, uh, as opposed to a coaching structure, in that you go to your local school. I went to Glenties, right? Letcher McAward people, Glenties and Ardra people, by and large, went to Glenties and went to the comp. The teachers, the coaches came from the comp. There's not big resources put in like you would have in... You know, schools in Kerry, uh, Galway, Jarlett's, St. Brendan's, Kerry, where there's seven, eight clubs. St. Brendan's won the club, all, uh, sorry, the Hogan Cup there a couple of years ago. You've Killarney Legion, you've Crokes, Spa, Listery, Glenfesk. You know, and there's a couple of more clubs. Um, the Furries Club, I think, is not, uh, Jarlett's, their success was built off, you know, uh, that 9801 team. You know, the likes of John Harn will tell you there, he, he he was boarding down there. And hurling, you look at Kieran's Kilkenny, Flannan's Clare, De La Salle were very successful. Limerick, not so much. And then they brought in Academy. Okay, our scholarly was strong. Our school, school structure is not, we need, because Donegal's so big, it's so spread out. I remember the day Fergal Hina and Ardra was telling me they'd rock up in the 90s to underage training. And, you know, You'd only know the lads from club and that, and he'd say you just you'd be told a couple of weeks to go to these trials and that. I think of all the counties, we need an academy. We need a central body that's running the whole thing. Um, this elitist thing is another one that's really bugging me. Like, like who are you having? Like, are people having a laugh at this? Like, there's this thing. Okay, clubs have county players. The county players maybe. I know I'm digressing a little bit. The county players do miss a lot of the season. I get that. Clubs benefit from having leaders in their team. Clubs benefit from having county players. Are you telling me that Neve Connell did not benefit from having Anthony Thompson, Leo McLoon, Brick and Marty? Are you telling me they're not benefiting now from having Jack McKelvey? Okay, Ethan O'Donnell's gone. Owen McGettigan's injured. They're going to Kieran Thompson. Kieran Thompson goes back to play for Glenties. Kieran Thompson is the absolute alpha male in that team. He's the leader. He's the man that comes up with the big scores like we've had people in this podcast we've had different types of people we've had total club people we've had county boys who played club and we've coaches managers and obviously there's a crossover in them all one thing they all agree on having county boys is a good thing so this academy if you've got young lads like you can't as eddie o'sullivan said many moons ago you can't un- unring a bell you can't stop hyper-capitalism in the GAA. Like, unfortunately, Louth have spent a fortune. Claire have spent a fortune. You can't just say, well, it costs us, we're not going this, because if you lose two or three years now, you're going to lose about 15 or 20 years. That's my opinion. But the elitist thing, I, I can't buy that. And I mean, Alan, there would have been, there would have been, the door wouldn't have been closed, Alan. 
and anybody well, that, I imagine either. That, and the clubs would eventually benefit it. And if young lads are now walking away, then the clubs are losing as well. So, Alan, it has technically, it's trickled down to the clubs. And it's nice for a club to have county lads anyway. I know they're missing for a lot of the year. I understand that argument. But they're there still for the big championship days, Alan. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I spoke to Michael Murphy about the academy and like the, the, it was the last line, like the final word on it. And he said the Carl is educated in the area and the education is continuing. He's hungry for success for Donegal and for us to try and continue to develop players in a proper manner, both for club and county. As you said, there was no exclusivist. Every single, you know, underage player would have been allowed, you know, to go their chance. It wasn't, you know, capped per area or capped per club or whatever. And they were told, like, no matter how it went, bring back those good habits to their clubs. I, th- I think on that as well. Alan. That was a big, sorry to cut across, that was a big Brian Cody mantra for years, sorry, was, you know, go back to your clubs, be the man in your clubs. You know, sorry, Connor. No, I was just going to add that and pie because we talked about the elitist thing. But the the the, the way that uh, when I read your piece, Alan, uh, a couple of months ago, that, that was the whole beauty about the academy was that you didn't have to be in the 30 of your age group to, to make a county team. It was getting the best out of these players, even though they may never they never play county. And I, I think the whole thing on what people spoke about why they're against academies is going back to the old days where someone may fall through the cracks and may not be recognised for his talents at minor or under 21 level and then can eventually walk away through the game. I think we moved on from that time. With, with communication now spreading vast amounts throughout the GAA, if you are good enough, you will be recognised. I think the coaches, there's coaches out there, there's communication out there. If you are good enough, I firmly believe you will be recognised and I think uh, it was just on the after the Tyrone game the last day um, Park McShay did make that point that there's no one really missing out in Donegal anymore. Everybody that should be there is there. So I think that cuts away the elitism altogether at the moment and as you said in your piece Alan you don't have to be of the best 30 of your age group in the county. It's about developing them and that's what Carl and his coaches were doing. Yeah, the door's not shut for anybody, and that's something that was stressed as well. And like this thing really was more about creating kind of grounded young men. And if they worked out as good footballers or county footballers or county senior footballers, so be it. But it was about developing good habits and people both on and off the field. How do you, Alan, just on the final point, Paddy touched on at school football, where we are behind the curb in, um, in Ulster Standard. I mean, how do you bridge that gap? Well, I think what they were doing, Connor, is they were going to just centralise it. And, you know, you know, as I said, people would bring the good habits out to their clubs and then to their schools. It's going to take time. Like, we're a long way behind in the schools. Like, I took a scan through, and maybe I'm wrong on this. I think there was one team in Donegal, which was St. Junins in the McCrory Cup this year, who played in an A competition. Uh, I'm not having one go at anybody who plays or manages or does anything with the school team. But the difference is starting to tell. I think you can see the way Derry are moving, the way Tyrone are moving. You said there, like, if this thing pauses, it's a serious knockback in terms of years. And we were already playing catch-up from the start. We're going to fall 10 to 15 years behind the rest if this isn't sorted. And I, I actually genuinely mean that. We've always produced good players, but things have changed in the world. If you go now two or three years behind, you're going 15 years. We can't rel- We can't just wait and hope that a Jim McGuinness comes along, a superb manager punched above his weight probably and hope that he lands us in Ireland 
Like we will every ten or fifteen years, hopefully. You know, we've had greats like as most look in my lifetime. You know, Martin McHugh, Oliver. You know, Tony Boyle, Adrian Sweeney was class as loads. Um, Carlisle himself, what a player! Like Michael Murphy. You know, some might say the best of them all, right? That's grand. They're actually probably the lads that wouldn't need the academy, academy, ironically enough, but it's the others to bring them to a certain level. Like Luke Barrett's doing a very good job. But Luke Barrett, you know, a couple of years ago, they played Tyrone. You want to see in the physical condition, and that's absolutely nothing got to do with Luke Barrett. But I'd like to believe that there's a big difference in his under-17 team this year. And it's not even about winning Ulster minors or winning Ulster under-20s. It's a process that would take time. Like the duel in the crowns with your David Cliffords and your Michael Murphys and your Peter Canavans and Martin McHugh's and who else? The list goes on and on. Connell Callahan, these lads. Great, it's great to get these lads. Okay? Shane Walsh. I mean, you can name 50 of them. But it's it, it, it's about creating a central structure for the greater good of Donegal football. And, and we will... We're, I, I'm... And you know what? People can contact me and they can give out. And that's fine. I, I'm speaking from the heart here. We will fall way behind. We will fall way behind. And... Like, it's that old saying, I think I mentioned it in the podcast, it's not the most important thing in the world, but it's still the most important of the least important things, and it gives people a lot of joy, and w- this has to be sorted. It's a, like, I'm sorry for going on here, but like, this is the first time in my life, like, I, I never mind Mondays, right? I, I like scanning, because I'm at a game, and I read all the other sport that goes on, and can I, for Mondays for me is always a good day. Like I enjoy reading match reports and that. And a few friends messaged me there about the uh, pr- previous two games. And uh, for me, it's not even about losing two points to Monaghan or Tyrone. And that's very immediate. This is the future. We are talking of the county and uh, in football. And somebody might go, that is absolute way over the top. I, I honestly, Alan, would you agree? Like it's not, is it over the top, Alan? No, I wholeheartedly agree, uh, Paddy. Uh, I just think we're going to put ourselves in a situation if this isn't resolved, and then we're going to wonder why in five years' time we're playing Division Three football or whatever. Like, never be, never underestimate how fast a, a fall can take. You can fall a lot faster than you think. There's counties that have better traditions than us that have fallen a lot further. Like, even the last night, we're watching Liverpool Real Madrid. They played in the Champions League final at the end of the last season. But for maybe what the goalkeeper Courtois, Real won one nil close game. Look at Liverpool this year. You could say that the wheels have been cut off the wagon a bit. They're hit for five at home. This is eight months later. Like the chasm, the difference already is absolutely huge. And as I said, like there's a lot of counties who would have been dining at the top table a lot more than us that had to go the whole way down. Um, and there's no way that we're, you know, going to be. Different from that, if, if things aren't done right, the fall will occur. I think uh, it was Sir Alex Ferguson who said empires collapse from within. I think the whole point of it, to just finish off from my point of view on the academy, is people can have their opinions on it. It's very, very different when the county board didn't make a statement on who the manager was going to be. Okay, I think that might be from the public's point of view, just nosiness to find out who the next Donegal manager is going to be. But when 35 coaches, let's say, and the head of the academy is walking away and not to issue a statement. It's it's really, really bottling it so it is. And I just don't see the benefit of it 
I don't see why you can't just put out a hundred words, one page. This is why, and and it it can turn the t- it could turn the tide very very easily to the other side. You know, maybe myself playing devil's ad- advocate for a minute, but we could look at it and go, well, there was really no reason for for thirty odd coaches to walk away there. But we don't know that, and we're just jumping to the conclusions. And the power is in the county board's hand. And I go back to this culture that's in the GA. Well, we know it's wrong. We we know what we're doing isn't really right, but you know, for, forget about it. It'll be it'll be grand in a few weeks. It, it won't be grand in a few weeks when you if this continues and you don't have coaches volunteering and you don't have an academy structure in place. I mean, an academy can only benefit your county GA. I mean, it can only be a positive. People can have their say on elitism and egos. I think it can only be positive. It can only develop players better. It can only get them smarter on the field. And that there is a good thing. Yeah, so, and we're not fully privy to the finances thing. But again, that's where a little statement. Some people have yeah. messaged me on Twitter and they've said it's cost X amount a week. Look, there's a lot of figures doing doing the rounds. And yeah. Twitter, Facebook, so on. Everything can can be manipulated. You know what I mean? You can manipulate different things. So people are saying it's I like some text messages saying it costs us a week, it costs us a week. Until we see statements saying yeah, but it costs too much, then it can be then then we can start having a different conversation. But we haven't got that statement. Sorry, Alan. But this was predetermined and signed off on. And like Carl's quote in that interview, I did the desire for progress is still allowed for major savings to have been made on approved cross. Cost in the last 12 months and like that's all we can go on at the minute yeah. because as Connor said there has been nothing to counter that yeah exactly Alan. that's and look as I know I'm repeating myself lads even if you're anti-academy which I, I don't really understand uh, I just can't I would love someone to sit me down give me 10 reasons why we shouldn't have an, a good working academy we Alan has briefly touched on this we you talk about Jim McGuinness Michael Murphy Carl Lacey Rory Kavanagh, and then you go down to the coaches, right? In the mid-90s, there was a Kilcar man, should have been Donegal manager, right? He went and he won an Ulster Championship with Cavan. Sorry to our four Cavan listeners. That wasn't a fantastic Cavan team. We don't want to lose in the next five, six years a lot of brilliant football people. And Connor, 50 times bigger football people than us two idiots on a podcast <laughs> talking. But no, but you know what I'm trying to say? Boys that actually probably know football. Yeah, the coaches, they, they, they managed, they, they've managed, they've coached. No, no, but you know, I'm having a joke. But listen to us moan for the next. Uh, I know, that's why. Podcast. That's why I try not to ever criticize players. Like, who the hell are you? No, but I'm just making the point. We don't want to lose the next couple of weeks. Next, Tony Hulan would say the next couple of weeks. I know people are definitely turning off now. Look, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it can there can be some resolution. Um, will we move on, lads, from this one? At least we've ascertained who the two agents are in the podcast. So yeah, move on. <laughs> Wouldn't be hard, Alan. We have to be. We have to be nice to you. So we'll have more in the academy in the next couple of weeks. Alan O'Donnell Park Sunday twelve thirty. Lads, it's going to be the only game I'm going to be missing all year. I've a stag party in Kilkenny. So on Sunday morning, family flowers only for me. We. Lost back-to-back matches. We're bottom of the table. So it's common six. Galway, Mayo four. Galway three, Armagh three. Kerry Tyrone, Monaghan two. And Donny Gall two. Alan, what are your thoughts going into this one? 
Yeah, we uh, we're bottom of the table and we haven't played a side in the top of top four places as yet. Um, but I looked at the games at the start of the season, you know, like we looked at a lot of things. We thought that Roscommon would be, you know, the team battling down the bottom. Um, I think the manner of the last two defeats has been disappointing. You know, they were quite comprehensive in the end against two teams that aren't going overly well either. Uh, this was a game I actually thought and still think we might get something from. I know people have made reference to the, the, the record in Letterkenny. Like the, 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 the record, at least, was halted last year with the victory over Armagh. So that was Donegal's third win in 14 in Letterkenny. So I don't know, the early throw in. Galway's always, you know, you always kind of enjoy playing Galway. Um, they have quite a lot of players out, but, you know, after a kind of an indifferent start, they produced a pretty decent result last weekend against Tyrone. So, like, we really would need to be at it because I think the games are starting to run out for us, really, Paddy. There's a lot of problems in the GEA. You know, my biggest gripe of all, it might even actually over over uh, take the academy is that we don't get Galway away from home so we can all actually go out in Galway for the weekend yeah, and then go to the match. First fixture getting up for every year, yeah, the first fixture, yeah. It was kind of, they've, we've been down and up and they've been down and up and they, then I think, Alan, we were talking 14 the last, 2014 Division 2, the last time we played them in the Pierce yeah, Stadium. Right. It was the second game of that season. Donegal had won the first game in Port Leash and they won in Galway as well. It was around the time Christy Toy came back on the team, yeah. I just want to, before we go into the game, so, Lads, I was looking up there. Ross Common have made a nuisance of this division because everybody thought it was going to be two from three, Donegal, Monaghan, Ross Common. So the Rossies have kind of ruined it. I wonder, could it happen this year? I have a really sad life. So I was looking up. I know I tweeted this last year. Cork are the only team since the reshuffle of the league, 08-09, to go down on six points. I can't, you kind of need five. A couple of years, 2019 four did keep Monaghan up. There's one or a year, I think, four kept the team up. Kildare were relegated last year on five. Mayo were relegated on five in 2020. It was COVID year 2021. Must have been. Yeah. Um, I don't think four is good enough in 17 either. Kildare relegated in four. Donegal were relegated in five and 13. It's kind of six points is like the 40 points cross channel. Well, that's kind of changed. Isn't it, Alan? Yeah, well, 2013 is a perfect example when Paul Mannion scored late in the day in Balbafay and that draw for Dublin relegated Donegal, who are Ireland champions at the time, where had Donegal held on to win, they would have stayed up. But this year, you know, you have the team at the top who are probably not going to win all the games, all due respect to Roscommon, and already there is no team going to be whitewashed. So it's a little bit more condensed than that. So where you're saying their teams managed to scrape out on five before, I don't think that'll be the case this year. And that's probably what's disappointing about last weekend because having caught ourselves two points up early in the second half, you know, if we had held on or kicked on in that game, like leaving Clonus with four points after three games would have been a pretty decent start. You know, maybe take your chances, then you've won one probably to pick up in the next four uh, with two of them at home. That hasn't materialised, so now we're kind of paddling against the tide a little bit. Galway, Alan, are in a similar position to Donegal in a way in that they are missing probably their best player in Shane Walsh. Donegal are now missing their best player perhaps in Patrick McBurty. The only difference is Galway are seemingly cruising without Shane Walsh where Donegal are trying to stay above water. It doesn't look good at the moment coming into O'Donnell Park. No, and they're missing more than that as well, Connor. But um, Homer, you know, Rob, yeah. Rob, Rob Finnerty's out with... 
an yeah. ankle injury. Damien Comer's come back for six six to eight weeks, and you've Shane Walsh jetting around the jetting around the world and. Yeah, they like to clear Malloy and that as well, aren't they? But uh, like Galway have come up here and won twice before. Um, you know, it's not really a fixture. I think that will overly daunt them. As I said, like they were a little bit slow to start in the league. Um, you know, they did a good game the first night, but then having lost the second weekend, then you kind of thought, like I kind of thought, you know, if Tyrone can win there, it might stand to us. Then if we can beat Galway, but you know, the results went in their head last weekend. So yeah, I think this is a game you like. You really will. It's not far off a, a must win. I know it's only the fourth game, but. You know, as I said, to try and get up there, we have still all them teams to play in the top half at the minute. You know, Armagh look pretty good. Mayo look good as well. Roscommon are flying. We're not done there to the last game. So um, we need to probably start picking up points. But there was nothing really in the last two games to suggest that that's a, a sure thing. Of ourselves since uh, it's just been a nightmare of a February. We've been a pale shadow of ourselves since that day in McCool Park against Kerry. Yeah, but I don't know, not to completely link the two. I think there's just a bit of a malaise at the minute, and I don't think it's helping them either. I actually feel a wee little bit sorry for Paddy Carries in terms of what's going on off the pitch, and they'll say that there's no distraction there, but there has to be. I would have liked, to be honest with you, I would have liked them to maybe bring in one or two coaches who were on the ground in Donegal in the past couple of years, Connor, to be completely honest but yeah but it, I suppose the one positive two positives Michael Langan came back the last day done a lot of good things class player class player Oshin Gallen as if he avoids injury free he's a class class player Um, it doesn't look like the O'Donnells are coming back but it was just maybe that period in the second half when Monaghan got their tails up we just couldn't we just had a lot of big big players then that weren't playing and that kind of was you know very difficult but just looking at Galway the one thing we're talking about the players that are missing lads and Finnerty that ankle injury Comer Shane Walsh like they still have Peter Cook's back this year Mike Cullen and I would have seen a lot of him underage when I was in Galway living in Galway he was hot hot property he is a massive massive player to have around that middle third he's He's mobile, he's big, he looks awkward, but he's absolutely not. He is top, top drawer. He is like a new signing for them. And they've brought back Ian Burke as well. And I know, just know from my days with Goy BFM, he's a little wizard, so he is. He's, if somebody says, well, who's he like? He's almost like an Andy Moore type. He's just a variant. People always spoke about Andy Moore and being intelligent. So he's back as well. So the forwards, like you go through it, Johnny Heaney, a workhorse, Patrick Kelly. Now you've Ian Burke back. And the main man the last day, Matthew Tierney. From Uchtarard. he was class, Connor. He he yep. he was he was class. I think he got man of the match. They, did, they murdered Tyrone on the kickouts. I'm doing another podcast with the guy and just going through the stats and that. So while they're missing those other lads, they still have a lot. And I think they'll Alan, they'll fancy coming up. They will fancy coming to Letter Kenny and coming away with the two. They, they'll fancy it too, Alan. The left has already started with them, you know, the momentum will take them on from here. Uh, as I said, we're, we're very kind of stop-start at the minute. You're not really sure where we're at the first day. You know, everyone left the Cove Park, you know, over the moon, really, with that victory because a lot of people didn't think it. Uh, pretty bleak then, leaving the next two games. As I said, like, we were right in that game against Monaghan up till about, I think it was 11-11. Jamie Brennan, you know, with a great effort, hit off the crossbar. In retrospect, that was the turning point. But kind of the worry was when Monaghan, you know, turned it up a notch, we didn't seem to have any answer you know, they were pushing up on the kickouts. They were totally dominating in midfield. They were winning everything inside. And, you know, even when you think of Patrick dropping off now for us injured, Michael gone already. And then the flip side of that, you can see, like, I wouldn't really mind being in Mullins 
choose, you know, they had Sean Jones to come in there, they had Jack McCarron back after a bit of a hamstring injury against Armagh. Conor McManus came on and marked the first two balls he got. And, you know, you can see that there, there's a bit of a kick in their step now ahead of their game against Roscommon, where do we have that kick? Not really. But look, listen, God knows we've done it in our last home game, so maybe we can pull it off again. Any concerns about the letter Kenny factor, Alan? Where do you stand on that? A few lads text me, just bring them to Balbuffet. I, I don't, don't, not really that dogmatic on it either way. I suppose there's an argument, a good chance, better chance of beating them in Balbuffet, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, well, we've still only lost the one league game in Balbuffet since 2010. That was last year against Monaghan. Mm-hmm. Lost one championship game, which was 2018 against Toronto and the Ritz. The record letter Kenny's not great, as I said, like we won. There last year against Arbaba, we lost six in a row before that, so it's only three wins since 2007. That's when county football came back to Letterkenny for the first time since 1977. Um, I think for the St. Julian's Club, they totally probably deserve the fixture because the amount of times probably they bail out the county board with venues and that. Like I know the players uh, from basically all clubs in the county, not just the lads from around this direction, actually enjoy playing at Donegal. Sorry, enjoy playing in Letterkenny. There's something really that people can't put their finger on, really. I don't think there's a major issue with I don't know, really, Paddy, as I said. Like, but I always, you know, you feel in Balbuffet, you can kind of get these results. Like, I didn't fancy us against Kerry. And then you kind of leave that day going, maybe that was the Balbuffet factory. You heard their organ up again. But I'm sure now on Sunday, the big red atmosphere is there as well. And, you know, it's a special day for the St. Julian's Club. They're going to name the stand after Dr. James McDade. He's 50 years a doctor here in Letterkenny Town, done an awful lot for the, the sporting clubs around the county, not just in the Letterkenny area. So I'll play to Dr. James as well. Oh, I want to ask you about that, actually, and do want to throw you, well, I was going to say, do want to make you blush, but this is only audio and I can't see your face. So you actually done a fantastic piece with Dr. Jim McDade, Alan. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant work. What was that like? Oh, very interesting. Thank you very much for that. No, I was just, um, I was basically asked by the St. Julian's Club to do it for the match programme, so sometimes we're a bit tight for time. So, you know, we'll do it for our own channels as well. Um, spoke to him last Sunday night for an hour, you know, and really enjoyed the conversation. Could have spoke to him easy for another hour, you know, for a man who came, came from such even humble beginnings. I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. You know, he's the oldest of four children with a fifth on the way when his father died. He was only five years of age and he was the one they sent to school. Then his neighbours actually chipped in the money to get him at border in St. Julian's College. Went on from there, you know, to become, you know, a medical doctor for 50 years and Minister for Sport, Arts and Tourism. And as I said, done great work for uh, the Northwest as a whole. But he just felt said he felt it was his duty. He says, you know, people at the time said he was working miracles. But he uh, he says when you basically assess the list of counties in, in the country in terms of population, in terms of size, whatever, Donegal should have been about sixth on the list. But for some reason, it was sitting at 17th. So he just basically pushed it up to where he felt it deserved. And a lot of clubs in the area benefited from it, and it's the St. Julian's Club being one of them as well. So it's a nice touch for them to give something back to Dr. James on Sunday. So he'll be there to cut the red ribbon, I think, before we're throwing. And they're having a bit of a get-together in the clubhouse afterwards where he's going to speak as well. But really enjoyed the conversation. You know, he's he, a very educated man, obviously, with a good sporting background. Um, he actually told me they had a television in Terman in the 50s, which not too many people had. Who remembers watching the 1959 FA Cup final. Wow. And even as far as 1962, where his beloved Burnley were beaten by Spurs. So a uh, real, uh, real interesting story. And really enjoyed talking to him, yeah. If you haven't checked that out, you can get it online, Donegal Live. If you just look for it, scroll down. Or you can, uh, it's, it's a great, great piece and uh, brilliant work 
on that. Alan Connor, I know you need to go. I can see you panicking there. Are you heading out or something? No, no, heading back up to the office. That's where I'll be going. More, more work. The work never stops, Paddy. You'll be caught now by the Dublin paparazzi in the early hours of the morning, leaving a top Dublin nightclub, Coppers or somewhere like that. So, uh, good stuff. Connor Breslin. Uh, oh, just quick reminder to our listeners, don't go play Galway on Sunday. It's live on Ocean FM at 12.30. Man is spoiling Charlie Collins on commentary. There'll be no podcast this Sunday because I am away unless somebody else wants to do it. Uh, you can if you want, Connor, totally up to yourself. But I know you like your Sunday nights out. So I'm going to miss the game this week, Alan. Thank- and I know people are saying, do you want to talk hurling ladies football? I promise we had to go through the academy. Well, just we all felt that it was absolutely a necessity that we spoke about the academy. So listen, there's so much other football going on. And we will, in the next couple of weeks, go through as much as we can. We can't cover everything, but we do want to cover everything. And we'll, we'll do our best. Alan Foley. Donegal Live, Donegal Democrat. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Donegal GAA podcast. All the best, folks. Thank you. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Connor. We will talk to you. You may do the old preview show for me next week, Connor, will you? I think I will. I'm getting used to it at this stage, Paddy. I'm usually on my lonesome, but uh, hopefully you might be back from your trip away and we'll, we'll co-host it together. We're like, we're like, uh, the two Muppets up on top of the, the stage looking down, so we are complaining. I know. I keep I keep interrupting you like uh we'll, we'll, we'll like that Rebroff Shevchenko partnership. That's what we want to get to like Stoich call for Mario. <laughs> Listen, thanks a million. Big shout out to our sponsors, Donegal Plumbing and Heating, Olahi Road in Donegal Town. Special shout out to the main man, Austin Callan back at base. who puts the shows together and fires them out in rapid time into you. Number one, we say it every week, are our loyal listeners. Bye for now, stay safe, and we will talk to you next week. Donegal Plumbing and Heating, Old Lahey Road, Donegal Town. Suppliers of underfloor heating packages, aluminium radiators, Samson and Daikin air-to-water heat pumps and all your renewable needs. And sponsors of the Donegal GAA podcast.